The Boulderista is a podcast that celebrates the Boulder, Colorado lifestyle by highlighting local influencers and the inspiring impact they have on our community and celebrating the local traditions that make this the happiest place to live in the U.S. I am your host, Sherry Figueroa, and I invite you to explore what makes Boulder, Boulder. My guest today has been traveling nationally and internationally in touring bands for nearly 20 years. Born with a poet's soul and a warrior's heart, his life's journey has been one of transformation. In 2006, Dango Rose founded Elephant Revival, a band synonymous with Colorado, focused on protecting public land and open space, and responsible for helping to create the first Colorado Public Lands Day. He spent 13 years performing and recording with this influential outfit that pioneered the genre transcendental folk, headlining Red Rocks three times. When the band decided to take a hiatus in 2018, Rose created The Elephant Collective, a production house, songwriting collaborative, and artistic development agency. The Dangle Rose Project is the performance wing of The Collective, which focuses on songwriter showcases and the curation of all-star bands. In the Elephant Collective podcast, Rose delves deeply into the artistic process of emerging artists and facilitates a discourse on what it takes to stay true to one's art while rising to the top of your field. I'm eager to welcome this incredibly talented and insanely humble human being to the Boulderista podcast. Welcome, Dango Rose. Thank you, Sherry. It's wonderful to be here today. Dangle, you have an amazing story that I'm really excited to share with everyone. So please let us know, where did you come from and how did you get to Boulder? I first came to Boulder in 1999, uh, spring break on my last year of high school. And I really moved here in 2001. I had been traversing the country back and forth from Oregon through Chicago, down to Southwest Virginia, North Carolina, through New Orleans, Austin, Texas, down through Southern California, back to Oregon, up to Washington, up to Mount Rainier. I remember a camping trip up there. But the the real story is I played in a tribal band uh, called Olympus Mons in Eugene, Oregon. At the time, I lived next to Mountain Girl, Jerry Garcia's ex-wife. We incorporated performance arts, and a, just it was a crazy communal atmosphere uh, that was good for me to experience at that young age. It sounds like your gypsy lifestyle brought you here. Yeah, there's a lot of magic out there in the world uh, when you follow a calling, even if it doesn't make sense, and decide to tune in rather than tune out. Mm. I left there and went to New Orleans with my friend Carl Cole. We played on the street, picked up a guitar player on the way. We were a rhythm section at the time. Played on the street, upright bass, small kit, guitar. And for probably about three or four weeks, maybe longer, in the quarter, and then Jazz Fest happened. And then at that time, David Bautiste, the father of the Bautiste family, uh, which includes son Russell, uh, members of the Meters, legendary New Orleans players. Uh, the father, David, picked me up off a street corner, 
took me to St. Augustine High School in the inner city and threw me on stage with uh, some of the meters and all these legendary New Orleans musicians and had me play uh, Love Light, Turn On Your Love Light, in a room full of inner city youth. And I was the only, um, the only Caucasian in the room, and it was just a really inspiring experience and uh, boosted my confidence. Then I decided to follow music as a path. Uh, and well, then I transitioned. So I ended up in California. So I was, I was a traveler. What can mm -hmm. I say, a gypsy? Ended up in Crescent City, California. I was with my friends, the Miracle Orchestra, uh, which at the time included Garrett Sayers, who most recently in Colorado is the bassist for the Motet. And I was uh, working with his band at the time. And then I met Yonder Mountain String Band <clears throat> in the year 2000 at a motel in Crescent City, California. Um, connected with them pretty well, followed them down to Santa Cruz, saw a show. I remember Jeff Austin singing about the Colorado Pines and uh, thereafter followed Yonder Mountain back to Nederland, Colorado, right in time for Ned Fest. And uh, everything just lined up in a magical way. And uh, shortly thereafter, on day one, when I got to Nederland, I joined a band, and the rest is kind of history. Well, I'm certainly glad that it led you here. Um, it sounds like you rooted into the community through music and mountains. <laughs> so tell me more about your um, rooting into that Nederland culture. Yeah, everything just lined up. So day one, it was just being offered a job pretty much on, a, on one of the busiest weekends of the year, uh, connecting with the musicians there, uh, joining a band at the time called High in the Hog, and then through that really just sort of locking in the frequency, I guess you could say, of the music community, which was so, at that time, just so vibrant up in Netherlands and the mountains uh, with Yonder Mountain String Band, Leftover Salmon, String Cheese Incident. And uh, the picks at the Pioneer Inn, uh, you know, every, I think there were Wednesday nights and everybody was showing up at that time. And they were just so, the, the camaraderie was so deep. And then in the holiday seasons, uh, the shows that we'd put on, and then just feeling very fortunate to be asked to play, you know, with uh, artists like Vince Herman and Jeff Austin, and really just uh, feeling, feeling part of the community uh, special place. I mean, still is for sure. So you, you went to Naropa University and studied music there. Tell me about that education. In a really unconventional way, too. It was 2003, uh, and I was commuting from Rollinsville, Colorado, up in the mountains, all the way down to Naropa to go to school. I live next to the Stage Stop, which is a legendary venue uh, up in uh, right on the railroad tracks that end up going through the Moffat Tunnel, uh, the legendary Moffat Tunnel, which was the first tunnel through the Great Divide for the rails. So I was way up there, and I would commute every day, and I just wouldn't think anything of it. It was just, like, normal for me. Um, but, yeah, Naropa, I studied with Bill Douglas and Mark Miller and Art Landy, kind of the trifecta of amazing teachers that were there in the early 2000s. And... Uh, you know, never stayed there for too long. Any college I went to, I was pretty much in and out. 
Uh, but Naropa was influential. All the people I met there and the teachers there were fabulous and also the traditional Eastern studies. Well, the elephant in the room, of course, is Elephant Revival, uh, just a legendary band and so focused on uh, its impact on the environment and protecting public lands and open space. Tell me about how you founded this band and created this community. You know, a lot of it was through listening. Uh, so when I was with that band, High in the Hog, we'd end up at the Winfield Music Festival, the Walnut Valley Bluegrass Festival in Kansas. And I had just met Bridget Law, my dear friend, at a festival in Keystone, Colorado. We literally met Dancing in the Rain uh, during one of those awesome summertime storms where it's sunny and raining and then uh, you know, then of course the sky opens and she was doing a fiddle competition. I was performing with High in the Hog. At the same time or shortly before, Bonnie and Daniel had met on a rooftop in New London, Connecticut and Sage Cook was somewhere in Kansas in his crazy school bus. And what can I say? Uh, Bridget kind of came along with us to Kansas to the festival and heard Bonnie playing her washboard probably from a mile away at the same time she had heard my bass and Bridget's fiddle and it's, it's almost like we were just kind of like attuned and uh, looking for each other and we met and just played music for like two or three days straight ended up uh, circling around the country and then meeting up in different places for a couple years uh, always back in Oklahoma, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, which is where the uh, Cherokee Trail of Tears and the, the five tribes of the southeast all ended up in Tahlequah back in the 1830s. Um, very special land, beautiful on the foothills of the Ozarks. And that's actually where um, Elephant Revival rooted itself in its formulative years, camping out for an entire summer on the Spring Creek in 2005. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez writing some of those songs like Sing to the Mountain, Bonnie writing Ring, Ring Around the Moon. Uh, I just remember those days so vividly, uh, either camped out or driving back and forth from Oklahoma City. And knowing that uh, my roots have, were already running deep in Nederland, uh, when, when things felt gathered, I just felt like it was time to uh, bring the band or move with my friends back to Nederland uh, because I knew that we could launch a band from Colorado. And I had complete faith that it was time. I actually walked up to, uh, in Tahlequah, there's a mountain called Sparrowhawk. And I walked up to the peak of Sparrowhawk Mountain where there's sort of an overlook over the Illinois River and sat down and asked for a sign that it was time. And right then a bald eagle just spreads its wings, like just full spread right in front of me, like three to five feet, no joke. And uh, you know, I knew it was, it was time and came back to Colorado and tried to find some housing, uh, which I ended up finding way up Magnolia Road. And uh, shortly thereafter, uh, we booked some of our first gigs. That's an amazing story. So you're touring with them, and you're connected to Elephant Revival for many years, and then the band goes on a hiatus. 
Yeah, and you know, in the last few years, really, really being able to connect with, like you said, Colorado public lands, and you know, protecting our open spaces. Um, you know, that was such a, you know, so honored to have helped launch the first Colorado Public Lands Day, and to work with some of our, uh, some of our good-natured politicians in the state to really who really care about our public lands and open spaces and just doing what we can as a collaborative to uh, protect those and the waterways and you know protecting communities from uh, fracking wells that are too close to schools and you know places where our kids play uh, so this is all really important to us and it still is also the the end of use uh, single-use plastics you know, I, I was just at Whole Foods recently, and I'm grateful to see them, you know, doing away with straws, plastic straws. So we, you know, it's something I'm proud of that we were able to do that work here and that our band uh, was able to become synonymous with Colorado. And um, so it's a beautiful thing. And then when you take out some of the extenuating circumstances that can, you know, cause a ban to go on indefinite hiatus or for things to uh, seem irreconcilable at times. Uh, you know, you could just hope that uh, the greater cause or the greater good or a deeper purpose will override uh, anything that is in the way, uh, especially when the purpose or true nature of the music is much deeper and farther reaching uh, than anything that can divide us. Uh, so my hope is that Elephant Revival uh, will come back together. It's my hope, too. And in the meantime, you've founded the Elephant Collective and the Dango Rose Project. How did this curator and mentorship role come about for you? Yeah, so the Elephant Collective, like you said, uh, artistic development agency, production house, and songwriting collaborative, uh, came together, uh, for one, I've been working on the studio here in downtown Boulder uh, with my friend Evan Reeves for about 15 years. So every time I've been off the road, I would always be in the studio working on music. And then we got into this great flow of songwriting collaboration and songwriting partnership. And we wanted to open that up uh, to other people in the community. And the results of that has just been amazing. Holding collaborative space in a real open-natured way for, for creativity to come through and for people to be able to access that on a deeper level within themselves and to write amazing songs. Uh, then, of course, moving that into the production element, so working uh, with artists, uh, whether it's the first time they've done it or, you know, they're seasoned pros uh, in the studio in a way that's comfortable and without pressure. Uh, so that, you know, that's a joy. And then the artist development uh, goes anywhere from like mindset coaching to logistical, strategical, uh, also teaching, you know, understanding more of the ins and outs of the music industry, uh, you know, record labels, all the different pieces, uh, pub publicity, you know, booking, management. Uh, it gets complex and it's ever changing. So keeping a pulse and a tab on that as well. And so that led into the first artist empowerment program. Uh, where I worked with uh, six different people for about six months uh, on artist development, songwriting, performance, production, coaching. And that culminated recently uh, with the first artist empowerment retreat 
that was, again, songwriting, performance, production-based, but also had a very strong uh, element of healing and uh, some energy work uh, that went into it, so clearing blockages, you know, that keep us uh, from our truer purpose on on whatever path it is that we're traveling. Uh, So that's been really fulfilling, and it's wonderful to work with people in this way. And right now I'm just gathering a team of coaches, uh, musicians and songwriters that are becoming ever more involved with the Elephant Collective and an artist empowerment program and looking forward to uh, taking that to the next level and the next phase uh, for our community here in Boulder County and then at large uh, with a worldwide reach. I'm reminded of your mantra, write, record, produce, repeat. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. It's a good thing to set aside time for every day. You know, add in a little bit of uh, yoga practice, exercise, and uh, a walk in nature by the creek, and I think we're good to go. And that's why we live here in Boulder, I think, because you can access that, all of those things. It is. It's, it's, the combination is beautiful. And this was before Denver uh, hit off. It was, it was the realization that Boulder is a world music market. And with its proximity to DIA, um, you know, it's just as anything is just as possible here as it is anywhere else. And I think that really, you know, began with the Caribou Studios and the Caribou Ranch back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. And then, you know, continued on with, you know, some of the bands here uh, throughout that time. Uh, Hot Rise, Leftover Salmon, String Cheese Incident, Yonder Mountain String Band. And now we got, you know, more of the electronic stuff happening out there, too. And I don't want to forget the motet, you know, some great bands. Uh, And there's so many more, obviously. Uh, But I'm thinking about the history and now, of course, things also on the electronic side of things and how that's molding and melding with folk music and all different styles. It's really exciting to see and uh, to keep a pulse on. And so that's something that, you know, we're trying to do and just feeling into what's raw and truthful and organic in it all. And I forgot your original question or comment. (laughs) You're just um, repeating your mantra. Oh, right. (laughs) Write, record, produce, repeat. Yeah, so if you want to get in on that, uh, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Part of that, and when I think of mantras, I think of yoga, and you mentioned yoga. Um, Am I correct in saying you did a yoga teacher training. Is that right? Yeah, I did a yoga teacher training uh, teacher training at the Little Yoga Studio uh, with Kelly L. and Amy at the time. And uh, yeah, I consider that my home studio here in Boulder. And I, I'm really enjoying the uh, collaborations I do with Kelly, uh, yoga and live music. We have a nice flow together uh, where we're actually sort of improving with each other. It's kind of a cool thing. And I'm also, you know, bringing in the banjo and the mandolin and the upright bass. So it's not like I'm playing sitar or, you know, uh, harmonium or tablas. I'm just keeping it pretty Americana. Mm-hmm. That is, it sounds like an incredible experience. You also have a podcast. Tell me about this podcast. I know it um, elaborates on the artistic process and sort of highlights up and coming artists, not only musicians, but artists, politicians, writers. 
Yeah, the Elephant Collective story behind the song podcast. Uh, you know, one thing is we do focus on musicians that we have in the stu- studio that we're working with and recording, and we're talking about different songs and the production process and getting deeply into the story behind the song. Uh, but also, you know, taking that Chautauqua kind of feel. Of course, we have our wonderful Boulder Chautauqua Park here. And then the traditional Chautauqua, you know, is really combining all those elements, music, theater, art, performance, uh, you know, politics in a sense, and, you know, different causes and entertainment and music, arts, culture, entertainment. Um, but then getting really deeply into the process of like what drives us, what, what is the purpose behind it and why we do what we do. Uh, as artists or as appreciators of the art. Um, So that's kind of where we're going with it. Uh, The first few episodes, I was talking with my friends, Josh Fox, um, producer of Gasland, and I just toured around the country in in his one-man show, The Truth Has Changed, and then Alex Ebert, uh, who's better known as Edward Sharp of Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Uh, So the three of us were collaborating last year uh, in support of something called proxy vote, uh, which is trying to give people direct access to their congressional leaders on the Congress floor uh, so that they could be able to help uh, their elected officials who are servants to the people uh, know their positions in real time uh, when votes are actually taking place. Uh, so it was really cool working on that with those genius gentlemen. You also, apart from working here in the community and influencing um, local artists, you have projects of your own that you're working on. Yeah, right now the Dango Rose project is pretty fun to put together. So just kind of working with my own songs and some of my friends and, and their songs and really just putting curating bands. And right now they're ever-changing uh, so I've been writing for about 15 years and have a plethora of music that, that I haven't put out there yet. So I'm excited to just get that out there more and more. Also curating just all-star bands uh, and showcasing them. So I got some friends coming up from Atlanta, uh, Sam Birchfield and Pip the Pansy. I'm going to collaborate with my dear friends Bridget Law and Sage Cook of Elephant Revival. And... Yeah, I'm going to put on a show uh, in September at the Left Hand Oktoberfest with more special guests to be announced. And then also focusing on songwriter showcases, uh, f- really focusing on a lot of the songwrite- collaborative songwriting work that we're doing in the studio and bringing that out there as part of the performance wing as well. And so right now those are the Elephant Collector Songwriter Showcases, uh, the Dango Rose Project, and straight up... Uh, the curation of super bands. We'll see which uh, what name that takes. Uh, but yeah, just getting out there with it. So I'm just thinking of uh, different different kind of bands like Phil Lesh and Friends or the Alan Parsons Project and trying to take that in my own light and really support all my friends around the country and, and just put out good music there. I love how connected your music and your work is with the community. Uh, it sounds like you're working with the Boulder Community Health Foundation to put on a benefit to promote awareness around mental health. Thank you for uh, for asking that. 
we are in the first phases of the Boulder Community Health Foundation reached out uh, to see if I'd be interesting, interested in helping to organize and uh, curate a concert to help build awareness around this, the stigmas that we hold around mental health. And I think it's a very important time. It always is an important time to be able to bring these conversations out from the shadow and into the light. Uh, so that is something that is in the first phases, but we're looking on putting it on a concert or multiple concerts around this cause. Well, speaking of bringing the shadow into the light, um, we're going to play a clip of a song that you released this spring. It was voted premiere of the month for April on Americana Highways. Can you introduce this song for us? Yeah, a la glory. Um, really excited about this, putting this song out there in the world. Uh, my friend Phil did a full horn arrangement on it, and we just took different ideas and really cool collaborative piece that started with just a relentless three-chord progression and uh, deep, more haunting-style vocals, simplistic in nature, but talking about uh, endings and new beginnings. New life began When the old Absolved beautiful song. The word haunting does come to mind. It feels like a chant, like another mantra to me. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy choruses that are mantra-like. Okay, so coming full circle, um, Nat Geo named Boulder the happiest city in the United States in 2017. How is this true for you? I know you described a little bit about having a studio downtown and uh, living up in Magnolia Road. Um, why do you call Boulder home? Man, the music brought me here and the mountains kept me here. It's just amazing to be able to do the work that we do and then to be able to take a 20 to 30 minute break or whatever it is and to find ourselves deeply immersed in nature. And that is a beautiful thing and something that I don't take for granted or if I do take it for granted, I try to remember and something will always make me remember. Uh, how fortunate and humbled I am uh, to be here. And so I'm grateful. So please tell our listeners where they can find your music and let the artists out there interested in working with you know where they can find more information about the Elephant Collective. Absolutely. You can check out elephantcollective.agency for more information on artist empowerment coaching, songwriting collaborations, and production. Once again, that's elephantcollective.agency. There's also a scheduling uh, piece on that website, so you could schedule a direct discovery call, as we like to call them. Uh, for more information on me and the Dango Rose Project, you can go to dangorose.com. Thank you, Dango, for sharing your music and for speaking with me today about the Elephant Collective. It's inspiring to know that such an accomplished musician as yourself is holding space for conscious media to thrive, and that there is a community here in Boulder where 
artists can develop and share their art in an authentic way. Thank you for your work and dedication and using your gift as an offering of protection and prayer for this sacred land that we're privileged to call home. Thank you, Sherry. Uh, Really grateful to be here and uh, really enjoy the work that you guys are doing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Boulderista podcast. For more info on today's episode, to nominate an influencer to be on the show, or to connect with me for your Boulder real estate needs, please visit us at www.theboulderista.com and on Facebook and Instagram at The Boulderista. While you're there, don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Until next time, stay happy, Boulder.